This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It is Tuesday, August 2nd. And uh, Mark... Is this officially the beginning of our vacation or like wh- wh- what's our what's our schedule for August? Uh, you are correct. If all goes according to plan, I mean, when does that ever happen? But if it does, this in theory could be our last work and week of the month. Just me and Mark. We'll still be doing other work. We're trying to give each other a break from each other. It's how much we love each other that we know a break is good. It is good. Mark, are you going to be do you relish the time where you don't hear my voice? Well, see, even when we're not connecting on a regular basis, I'm still hearing your voice because I still have all, you know, a month's worth of uh, material to edit. I feel bad for you. I really do. Jackie feels worse for you. She's like, oh, my God, she has to hear your voice all. He has to hear your voice all the time. No one on earth hears your voice more than me. That is true. That is absolutely true. Do you think that Amanda will be happy not to hear my voice pop into her world? No, she never hears it because I always have on headphones. Mm, but then Theo doesn't miss me. Like, just do you say I'm I'm talking to Aunt Jill and <laughs> I want him to know that it's me? The vast majority of this is done at night while he's sleeping. Okay, so listen. By the way, Mark, you have now have survived another week where you have not been told that your flight to Europe is canceled. Is that correct? Yeah, we're we're a week closer. So I think we're good. I don't know. I have a good feeling. I think so, too. I, I have a very good feeling. Although after we had dinner together, Jackie's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe they've chosen two cities with this doing the kid. She thought that was a little crazy. But you know what? It's you. I view it as a challenge. You're nuts. Anyway, um, let's talk to somebody so we stop talking about ourselves. No one cares about us. So today we are going to chat with Amy from the Bay Area. And Amy is um, has found us uh, by just going to our website, to jillonmoney.com. She clicked the Contact Us button. She wrote quite a missive now that I pull it up because I don't like to usually pull it up in, in advance to, of talking to you guys, but I see there's many words on a page. So I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to close that window out. I'm just going to talk to you, Amy. Hi, Amy. How are you? What brings you to our program? Hi, Jill. Uh, I'm doing well. It's really exciting to be here. I have a couple different questions. Um, one, you know, the classic, just how am I doing? How can I improve the general financial check-in? And then a couple specific questions, uh, one about a gifted mutual fund account that's in a taxable account that I don't really know what to do with, um, as well as trying to figure out if I should get out of a, a relationship with a money manager to see if I oh, should Oh, shoot. I thought it was going to be a person. And then I was going to be very oh, happy no. that this would be the first time that Mark and I would determine whether or not you should break up with a, with a, with a partner. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Amy. Like, how old are you? 
So I'm 27. Um, I live in the Bay Area, although that is to be determined. I'm thinking actually about moving. Um, I'm single. I don't have any kids, no partner to speak of uh, in the future. So really just thinking about myself here. By the way, if I were Amy, no wonder she changed her name because she says no partner to speak of. What did you hear in that, Mark? Did you hear that there's someone she's dating who's like, I'm not that, who's like, she's not that into it? Is that what you heard? Because that's what I heard. She might be doing some swiping. <laughs> okay. So it, it might be true. Okay. So Amy, you live in the Bay Area now. Um, you're working. How much do you earn? So I earn 145000 annually. Awesome. That's great. If you were to move, would you like be able to move within the organization where you're currently working or would you have to just go out and get a new job? I work remotely, so I can live anywhere. Anywhere. Okay, cool. And keep that same salary. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, On the 145, are you contributing to a retirement account? I am. So we have a 401k at work. Um, Mm -hmm. I have I'm contributing. I'm, I'm maxing that out. Um, I've been previously putting it in traditional, but after hearing you all talk so much about putting it in Roth, I switched everything over to Roth. Fantastic. How much money's in the traditional right now and how much money's in the Roth? So traditional, it's 46000 And then in the Roth 401k, it's um, 11500 Okay, great. Do you rent now in the Bay Area? I do rent, yes. What's your rent? How much? It's 2300 that's not so bad. Yeah, I got a little no. bit of pandemic pricing. Oh, good for you. And do you think that'll go up going forward? Rent control, San Francisco, pretty good. Wow, amazing. Yeah. I dig that. What is the idea here? Do you have some money besides in the traditional and the Roth? What other assets do you own? So I actually have a couple different brokerage accounts. One is the one that I started like using the same people that my parents had used when I was 18. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't really touch that. That's the one that has a pretty, like a higher management fee, Um, 0.9%. So I just have a brokerage there that's about 8,000. And then I also started a Roth with them back when I was 18. And so that's currently at about 30,000. And that's the same 0.9% that they're charging you on the Roth as well? Yeah. So the Roth IRA and then that one brokerage both have that 0.9%. And then what about other stuff? Yeah. So a couple other, so then I have a couple other brokerage accounts. So then I got a little older and I was like, well, maybe I can do this myself. And then I put it into Betterment. Um, mm-hmm. And right now that's sitting at about 21,000. Okay. And then I got a little bit older and I was like, maybe I can even take more of the training wheels off. So then I started a Schwab brokerage and I invested in ETFs and that's about uh, 12,500 right now. Fantastic. That's great. Okay. How does it feel now? Like just in general, like when you think about, you know, like when you think about managing this yourself, you feel good about it? I generally feel good about it. Um, I think the rebalancing component is still a little confusing to me. Basically, my situation is pretty simple right now, but I do think, you know, maybe as I get older and have a partner or kids or want to buy a house, things would get a little more complicated. You're going to get older and wiser and wiser and wiser. It, you you mentioned that there was a gifted mutual fund. Is that in the brokerage account yes. with the 8000 No. So that is completely separate. Um, mm. So that account I found out about when I turned 25. Um, and this mm. was an extraordinarily uh, generous gift from my parents and my parents' parents. Um, and so that is a mutual fund, also at a taxable brokerage account held at a different firm. Right now, it's sitting at about 155. Whoa. Hold on a second. 
just caught my attention there with that. Is that held as a directly held mutual fund at a mutual fund company, or is it also held in an account where there's a management fee applied to it? There's no management fee applied to it, just the expense ratios. So okay. I, I'm guessing it's the mutual fund company. So that, is it just one fund or a bunch of funds? It's two funds, um, but the majority is in one fund. Can you tell us the name of the mutual fund company so I get a sense of this? Yeah. American Century. Okay. Who gifted to you, grandparents or parents? Parents. It was kind of combined. So the grandparents one combined into the parents one. Okay. Do you know the cost basis on that 155 grand? I don't. I've been trying to figure it out and I can't figure it out. But I mean, presumably it was gifted to you a while back. Yeah. I mean, so people started investing when I was the baby and And there's just been deposits throughout then. And now I'm 27. So this is going to be interesting. I mean, I wonder if, if we can try to figure out through the fund company what the cost basis is, but let's presume we can't for, for the time being, because that's okay. Have we now tracked down all the money that you have? What about an emergency reserve fund? I'd say all of my cash total is uh, like 44000 I consider about thirty of that an emergency fund. I sort of estimate my expenses at about 5000 a month, so that gives me six months. And then um, the other 14000 is just kind of, you know, checking daily stuff and uh, more short-term goals like okay. vacations and stuff. And what's your next vacation to do share with us? We love vacation. Um, I'm going backpacking in Olympic National Park. I don't know. That does not sound like a vacation to me. That sounds like a forced march through some very treacherous area where there is wildlife and not and there does not appear to be air conditioning. So this is already a challenge for me. Okay, but I presume this is something you're choosing to do, right? I am choosing to do it. I will say it's not exactly relaxing once you finish. You need another day or two days afterwards. At Um, a spot, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, uh, so I'm actually not in the Bay Area right now. I'm testing out the other cities that I might want to live in. So this whole summer feels kind of like a vacation. (laughs) Okay, that's cool. So can you tell us the cities that you're considering? And then we can kind of talk a little bit about like what it would cost to do this. So I, like I said, in the Bay Area, I've been there for a little while now. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about moving the two, the two cities I'm really thinking about are Denver and Mm -hmm. Seattle. Okay. One, it rains all the time. That doesn't sound great to me, but I'm just going to put that out there. But the, both of those are, are high cost areas. It's not like, I mean, I presume that Seattle and, and the Bay Area are probably similar cost-wise, except that Washington State, there is no state income tax. Um, what's the cost of living like in Denver versus the Bay Area? I think that it is lower. The uh, rental market is definitely lower. Food is kind of the same. Gas is a little lower. Um, and then the income tax is like 4%, whereas California is like 9 or 11 or something. But I mean, when you go and rent, if you go to Seattle, you're not going to get a 20, are you? I don't know. Can you rent for $2,300 a month or would you have to pay up a little bit more? Honestly, I'd probably move in with roommates just to have other people around as I move to a new city. So I imagine that my housing costs would decrease for at least a year. Amy, you are a creature of which I have no relation to. You want roommates and you backpack as on vacation. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. 
This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. To make the move, you'll have to burn up some cash just to move. Not a lot, but like, you know, you still got to move your stuff, right? Do you have a car in the Bay Area? I do have a car. Okay. So you'll still have a car. So is anything else going to change once you do move? I think if I move to Denver, I might want to buy a new car, one with all-wheel drive because of the snow. Mm-hmm. And I- okay. But that would be the only thing. Maybe buy a new car. First and foremost, you know those two brokerage accounts that you're getting paid point, that, that you have to pay 0.9% for? Is there any reason we really need to keep those where they are? Besides no. like, okay, it's uh, nice. Okay. So let's do one quick thing. You ready? The $30,000 that's in individual stocks in the Roth, can we just roll that into your Roth 401k? Maybe. I would have to ask the 401k company. Can you tell us what the company is? And I bet you can. Yeah. uh, My 401k is at Guideline. What's that? Mark, look that up. Guideline, full service 401k. Here it is. Okay. I'm looking. This must be, do you work for a small-ish business? Yeah. I started up. Mm -hmm. That's why. Because this is... um, this is not a plan that would ever like really be in a big, huge company fund, you know? So odds are she might not be able to do this. I don't know. If not, she goes into a Roth at Schwab. Exactly right. So there's two. So let's see if you can move this into your existing Roth 401k. If you can't, let's, as Mark said, take this and move it into a Roth at Schwab where you already have your brokerage account. And then the other, the $8,000 in individual stocks, you're going to just move that into your Schwab account also. We're getting rid of this. We're just going to consolidate your life. And by the way, if anyone at the your family or anything, just say, you know what? I need to have a better grip on this. It's just much easier for me to manage in one place. And that one place is going to be Schwab, okay? So you're going to take the $8,000, you are going to add it to your $12,500. You don't have to sell it. You can roll those individual stocks into your Schwab account as is. And you can essentially, it's called a tape to tape transfer. You can say to Schwab, I have a brokerage account at, you know, ABC firm. They'll do everything else. And you say, I want to move everything that is in that account into my Schwab account. It's just individual stocks. They're going to be fine with that. And then what we could do is potentially look at selling those individual stocks. And if there's any gains someplace, we can maybe, you know, if those are gains, if there are losses, we can try to, we'll do a little tax loss harvesting with you. Do you want to stick with Betterment or not? Uh, I think it's fine, but I haven't touched it in a couple of years. Mark, what do you think about this? It's kind of up to her. I mean, if she feels, you know, she said before the training wheels were off, if she feels okay doing it herself, then I don't see the need for it. But if not, then keep it. Yeah. I also would ask Schwab if we can move that mutual fund, the two mutual funds at American Century, see if Schwab can hold them. They may be able to because they do have, listen, it's a big brokerage firm. So they have arrangements. The thing is with a lot of these commission-based funds, which you have, American Century being one of them, is that often Schwab has arrangements where they have, they can hold those funds. But I don't want you to move anything in until we figure out, like we've got to make a kind of guesstimate of what your cost basis is. You may just have to guess. I mean, essentially you could say, I don't know what it is. I think it's probably, uh, you know, you reinvested every, uh, you know, all the distributions that you reinvest in the American Century funds. Yeah. Uh 
actually. Well, I don't know because that's when I'm getting hit with every year with taxes that I oh, don't know. Oh, about. you're no, listen to this. You're getting hit because it's twofold. You're getting hit because they make distributions um, and they have they have actually have capital gains distributions, whether or not you sold your fund, meaning if they buy and sell assets within that fund, you get a share of those gains and losses, which is one of the reasons they're terribly tax inefficient. A lot of these managed funds because they're trading their portfolio. I mean, in your case, you probably are taking advantage of it because you've owned it for so long. But if you're like a new investor and they're selling something with a really low cost basis in the fund, you just bought the fund, you get a share of that. And you're like, wait, I didn't participate in the growth. Doesn't matter. The real question is whether or not you are going to be able to move this in and do anything with it. Should we actually forget about it and just allocate around it? Or do we just keep it as is? You know, should we sell some? If you have losses one place, can we sell other? I think the the name of the game here is consolidation. Are you going to be making more and more money? Are you like one of these kinds of people who is in a career where your trajectory is much higher going forward? Because you're only 27 and you're making a crap load of money. So it makes me think like, are you like a software engineer? Are you in are you in high tech in a place like where you're going to be making more and more money? Yeah, I'm not a software engineer, but I do work in tech. And I think that my salary will increase. Bite the bullet. Just be done with it. You're 27. Now's the time to do it. Move on. How do you feel about that? How would you feel? You're going to have to pay taxes. I could just, I mean, I could save some of the sales to pay the taxes. Let's say we consolidate everything. Let's just say everything is at Schwab. Your 12500 account, the 8000 in stocks, and now you, the mutual fund at American Century. And now you could say, I'm going to sell these the stupid stocks and half of the American Century this year. There's going to be gains. We're going to make up a cost basis if they can't get, get it for you. I'm not kidding. And when I say make it up, that is exactly what the IRS asks you to do, to estimate what you think your cost, because you don't know. We don't know where your people bought these things. And that's what you, we, we are just making a good faith estimate. And so what I would say is, you know, if you said my cost basis is 75, let's just pretend that. Okay. And I have $80,000 in gains and you sell half the fund this year and those $8,000 of stocks, and then you do the other half next year. And immediately after you sell the fund, you're going to reinvest. So who cares if things are down? Things are down, you'll buy and replace it with other stuff that's just more efficient, right? And so then we don't go crazy with your tax liability in one given year. I just want to look at one thing. She could sell the whole thing and stay in the 15%. The single long-term capital gains rate is 15% up to 460000 However. However, there is a Medicare surtax on net investment income. This is the one thing you have to watch out for. This is why you want to divide it up because it's 200000 It When you have the modified adjusted gross income, Mark, you looking at my chart with me? Are you looking at the Ed Slot chart, Mark? I have it. Okay. So when you have that, mat, that, that extra 3.8% Medicare surtax, do you include the gains from this sale on this? Would that pop her up into that extra 3.8% surtax? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Okay. So everyone listening, here's the deal. There's like two levels of capital gains rates. So for you, Amy, the there's like the first broad one, which is called just plain old long-term capital gains rates. If you're single and you earn just under 42000 to about 460000 there's a 15% capital gains rate. Okay. Then there's an extra 
3.8% surtax if you make more than 200000 So for you, Amy, we would say don't create so much capital gains that it pops you into more than 200000 You've got one forty-five now, right? So just to be safe, you know, if you sold... Again, it's only the gain, not the actual amount. But if you sold half of this fund and there was $40,000 of gains this year, that would mean one forty-five plus forty. dollars So you'd stay under that $200,000 threshold. Then you don't have to pay the extra 3.8% Medicare surtax. All you need to pay is the 15%. And then you do it again in January. And then you're done. I think we should get rid of all this crap right now while you're still young and you're in a lower tax bracket. And frankly, it's a lot better for you to get this all cleaned up today and before you start making a lot more money and popping into the, and then we can't even control some of the tax liability. You decide about the Betterment account. I mean, I'm sort of inclined to like blow it out and put it all together in Schwab, but if you want to keep it just to hang on to it, it's fine. I was going to say your your original question, are you on track? Yeah. I mean, you're maxing out your plan at work. You probably have a lot of extra cash flow each month. So I would just start building up your uh, Schwab brokerage account. Yeah. And you're going to do it very quickly, which is fantastic. You are in great shape. So we feel comfortable about this. If you want and you're running into any issues or questions, stay in touch with us. We'll be happy to help you out. Any other questions for us, Amy? No, I think this is it. That was really helpful. Thank you. Great. All right. If you, like Amy, are considering a big move, Mark and I would like to weigh in. We have no horse in this race. We are just saying what we would like. If you need some help with that, making a big plan, making a big decision, give us a holler. Just go to the website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. It's right there on the website. Mark Talercio is the co-host and executive producer. We are distributed by Paramount Global. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Please try to lift someone up today. Curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. 
Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 